Good evening, friends, and welcome back to The Front Porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined by Michael Daniels. How was your weekend, Mike? Pretty good. Busy. Um, yeah? Did, yeah, I didn't get to the theater like I was hoping. Actually, I thought about going to the movie theaters this weekend, but opened up the, the movie guidebook and uh, to the cinemas, and there was nothing really interesting. So You didn't want to rush out and see Frozen 2? That's uh, this weekend, or I would have rushed out and watched ah. it. Yep. Okay, how about Last Christmas? Yes, starring exactly. Daenerys Targaryen. Yes, no, a no is the answer. Right? Not not, not <laughs> rushing two, out to see those. Those are the two movies uh, coming this weekend to the Broca. That's, oh, the, that's, all, those the ones? that's all I got. It's been a we're in a lull <laughs> of of movies. I mean, it's been a lull of movies in the last month ish. I mean, there's been Joker. Maybe has been something to go watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people might say Zombieland too, but not nothing that's been like you know everyone needs to go out and watch it i think so i mean granted we're we're coming up on the christmas season when it's time to launch things like you know star wars and whatnot mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Um, yeah i just watched the first two-thirds of uh the original zombie land with my sisters um i didn't get to finish it because we came down here i saw it back when it was not new but like newly out on video a couple months yeah i need um, to watch that I do. Yeah, it's worth seeing. It's on Netflix now. Considering Uh, I've watched the the second one and haven't seen the, you know. You'll probably appreciate it. It's a little hard now to take Jesse Eisenberg seriously in a in a Michael Sarah kind of role. But uh, yeah, Yeah, he uh, still good. He uh, has a a scene in Zombieland 2 where they they meet kind of people who are just like them, like kind of counterparts ish thing like they do in Shaun of the Dead. Yes, exactly. And uh, his counterpart is played by uh, the guy from Silicon Valley, the, the main Middleditch, oh, Thomas Middleditch. Jared? Yeah. No, not, not Jared. Not Jared. Jared's tall guy. Um, yeah. Richard Hendricks? Richard Hendricks, yeah. That, that's his thing. I was like, oh, that's very well very well done. Have you kept yeah. up with that show? Uh, I have not. I don't know if the, the current season is out, but I have up until um, when... Uh, it's been so long, I can't remember his name, but the guy that was the house owner left the show. Okay, T.J. Miller. T.J. Miller, yeah, which I like T.J. Er- Miller. but Ehrlich, Ehrlich Bachman. Ehrlich Bachman, yeah, which I liked Ehrlich Bachman a lot. Um, but the stunt he pulled with the whole, the whole him leaving the show really soured me on him real hardcore. So I was like, screw you, buddy. I That's funny. I heard that... In some YouTube video I was watching talking about, uh, what was it? Oh, it's times that actors in Marvel movies have uh, ad-libbed or improvised a line that Mm -hmm. made it into the final cut. Yeah. And there's a line, there's a line TJ Miller gives in Deadpool that made it into the final movie. And the guy doing the video was like, thanks to something, something, blah, blah, we probably won't be seeing any more of him in the Deadpool franchise, but this did make it into the fun. You know, it's those YouTube people with their uh, right. cadences. But I, I don't know anything about that. I don't know how much I really care. But yeah, it's uh, he, he, I mean, he just um, was one of those like I'm, I'm a, I'm doing lots of movies now, and I'm kind of a big star. I'm a big thing, and I, I'm done doing this. And I want, I'm going to get out while it's at the best that it can be before it gets bad. Mm. and like we only got one season left dude you know like it's all it's all you got it's not like this thing's gonna go on forever Um, right 
and and it just it just and it was one of those they didn't give him a warning here just like we're done yeah type thing so they, um, they had to, it was just yeah weird. they're and in it, their yeah. last season they're probably five or six episodes into it i'm an episode or two behind but it's still you know it's it's okay it's n- never as good as it was at the start but well it was i mean believe it or not i thought the the guy that was the venture capitalist dude he was he was solid like he was so good you know what i'm talking the, about who, who really the, passed away um i don't the see they had a couple of investors oh it's no it's the one guy that that invested him he was really odd duck um um the guy who was the guy who was in deadwood was he in deadwood he's the commissioner jerry i don't remember that man or no you mean like the very first guy who like did all the research and stuff yeah that's the guy in the first season yeah in the first season he was he was so good i mean he was Mm, yeah he was he would come out of nowhere and do something odd and be hilarious and He'd arrive on the scene with like a miniature car type thing, <laughs> smart car. Yeah, then, yeah, I remember yeah. that now. Yeah, so he he and then he died in real life. But that first season was so good, and part of the thing that made season one so good was that they can do what a lot of ensemble shows fail to do is that they have a an interesting thing happening over here, and then they cut to another interesting thing with characters, and then another interesting thing, and they, and all of the the cylinders were firing, mm. right. And then season two and the rest of them were fine, but they only had one cylinder type thing. It was like, yeah. now they're all together and it's just one story and they're just hammering it, which is right. fine, but it was just what it was. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, well, anyway, I, I enjoy it and I like the, I like the characters and the actors. And it's yeah, it's, it's pretty good. So I'm watching that. I'm also uh, still working my way through Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's just interesting enough for an episode or two a night. Um, yeah. I'm gonna, that sounds about right for I'm gonna reasons. I'm gonna talk about season four again, so uh spoilers for this. Um they're in the the thick of the story arc with the LMDs. Yep, life model decoys. Life life model life model decoys. Um, which is straight up, you know, changelings, cylons. <laughs> yep. uh, um I had one I had a Classic, better example for what that. Oh, it's um body snatchers. It's the Marvel thing, the scrolls. The scrolls. Yep. Is it scrolls? Are those the ones? That's correct. Yeah. Um, except they're doing a scrolls story without scrolls. Yeah. Right. Like it's the exact kind of story they would do uh, if there were scrolls, and they sort of are now in the cinematic universe, which yeah. this is. But this is the stuff I'm watching is like three years ago. Sure. Um, no, the the it's it was it was good when they did it because comic book nerds who were still watching the show were like, that's a big thing with um Shield and um Fury. That I mean, since like the sixties or something, he was always had a life model decoy. And hmm. that was kind of his little that's his little thing. Is that, oh, oh if he, right. If he right. dies, I, he's got a life I remember decoy. I remember hearing that somewhere and somebody's like theories maybe they talked about it on geek scholars or something um but yeah the episode the last episode i watched is when they all go into the matrix or the framework the framework they call it right and in the framework it's like full-on fascist hydra state and 
and everybody is uh everybody is on board they brought back ward yep yeah uh to be they- um daisy's girlfriend and he's calling her sky all right well ward is funny that 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 seems to be like I always have this just strong feeling that like they really liked that actor. Like everyone liked him and liked mm. being with him. It gives me that feeling. Right. But then they, they did a really cool twist in the first season with him. Right. And it, and it was super important and really well, awesome and well done. But they were like, Oh, but we got to get rid of him, you know? Mm. So, so they just keep finding ways to bring him back. Yeah. Like, they did all that stuff with hive hive. Like, yeah. They, they could have done that with anyone. And right. then, they they just you know, which which is great. It's like, hey, you know what? Let's bring him back. Let's bring let's just do it. Sure, sure. <laughs> right. Which you know, good 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 for him. Um. So yeah, I you know I actually really liked that the framework episodes. I thought that was pretty cool and. Yeah the the story's interesting. I know that when we talked about it, you said that Ada was going to become important, but I didn't really. I mean, I can see now in retrospect that like they were doing a thing with ghost rider and then you know realized it was costing too much and so they <laughs> yeah. wrapped up that story and hard pivoted into this totally different story yeah and then there's no more robbie reyes it's just gone none <laughs> none at all just right. uh you know and now here you're gonna do this thing they it it some of the some of the dramatic tension i feel like gets resolved too quickly like yeah. the the time it took for the LMDs to invade the shield base or to infiltrate the shield base and then get caught and dealt with was all like it was less than an episode. Yeah, that whole season does like three or four major kind of things. Yeah, I'm like, you have so much time. You have like 18 hours of of time, of screen time to tell a story. Like, you could let this marinate a little bit, like you don't have to resolve it right away and then like pad out the runtime with, you know, Fitz and Gemma not getting along or something. <laughs> yeah. They, it, it's, it's, that is interesting that that season does have a feeling of the writers feeling like, or the showrunners, whatever, feeling like we're not going to be on this air for very long. We might as well, you know, do as many cool stories as we want to do oh, as fast as we can do. Them. I could, I could see that. I mean, who knows? But yeah, who if knows, you started right. out a season going like, "Cool, we're going to do Ghost Rider," and then you know, ABC coming back and going, "Yeah, this is too expensive. You, you got to cut it back." They're like, "Oh man, if we're getting budget cuts, we could get canceled at any time." Let's at any time. Yeah. Let's let's put in. You know, all the stories that we wanted to tell yeah. uh, this let's season. A, let's, let's do a Madam Hydra. Let's do a, you know. Let's rush it. LMDs. Yeah. yeah, let's do let's do all the things. And it's just there was so much. You're right. There was so much in that season. And I didn't feel like it was time to breathe. But he, here's a different thing. Perspective, Dennis, I want to I say with you. You're, okay. you're, you're binge watching it. And that's not how it was originally delivered. So right. these episodes took place over a long period of time so let's say four or five episodes of ghost Rider was writer was a month a month and a half yeah with ghost Rider. so you're it kind of did feel when it was watching it like it was a a long time sitting on something yeah and another sort of like <laughs> backhanded compliment i'll give this show is there there was only one episode and i don't even remember what it was but there was only one episode where it got to the end and I started the next one. Um, I generally try to avoid 
the binge watching, mm -hmm. especially if something is really good. Mm -hmm. um, unless it's just, it just grabs me in a, you know, really solid way. I will try to watch different things, you know, watch a couple different shows in a night yeah. so that I don't run out of the thing I really want to watch. Well, you, you got to do that thing that you, you had recommended me to do was it like, um, always plan on watching the first 10 minutes of an episode. Of the <laughs> right. next, that's it. Just, just, that's what the deal is. I don't um, feel like this show has those kind of, I mean, it, it has cliffhangers, but they're sure. rarely like, Oh my God, cliffhangers. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. I mean, it's, it's kind of a whole setup story. It's the whole there, thing. There was one that was that way. And so I watched the next episode right away. All right. Um, well, it, it it's good. Um, I will say I liked that's the that's the season that I liked fits in, uh, or okay. sorry, I I liked the framework, what they did with fits in the framework, yeah. Um, and then it kind of changed who he was after that too. Like that affects this whole thing affects him mm. greatly, and it kind of makes him a better character all around. Okay. So so I like, yeah, fits fits. I think before this, Fitz was searching for where he belonged on the show, the actor yeah, and, they, and the people. They spent a lot of time in season three making uh, Gemma's character strong, Simmons. Yeah. Um, and it sort of left Fitz behind. Like, his, his character just seemed so weak after they, you know, made so many of the other characters strong, stronger. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they, when they did his whole season of like, he was, he had a kind of a handicap or some kind of a thing that wasn't like, remember he almost died. Oh yeah. Something and, and happened they, to his brain. Right. And, and it didn't, I didn't, didn't pan out. And I think that was kind of an acting thing. I didn't, I didn't, the guy didn't pass to me as mm. hurt, like mentally hurt. It just okay. was not a good acting performance that whole season. Sure. I wonder if they're like, yeah, this isn't panning out. <laughs> move that around which you know i know that happens i know that when writers write stuff and then they're watching in the set and they see it play back and throughout the season the writers will come back and do that they're like well it just let's let's move off that yeah you know they can just tell it's not a thing um, well as long as we're talking about tv shows um yep. did you get a chance to see the latest uh short track yeah that's not the segue i thought you were gonna go with that <laughs> but yeah yeah um Yes, what, I did. Do you remember what this one was called? Uh, ask away or ask ask not is what it was. Ask not. Yeah, um, which is a funny thing. Uh, I wonder it's, why they called it that. It's um. I mean, I know it's ask not what you would do for you know. Is it Roosevelt or Kennedy? Kennedy. Kennedy. But what you would do for your country? But uh, yeah, and so that's the it's the um it's service. Right. Joining, you know, people yes. of our grandparents generation would call it the service. Yeah. Right? But, it, the, but that, that was more about like you serving, you know, you should you should stand up and serve your 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 whatever it might be, the Federation or something. But she doesn't do a thing like that. All she does is like it's a towing the line, being a good officer, you know, type thing. So I'm not sure how that title fit. But yeah, I uh, could see that. It's, so it's this is a this is a um, short story one. about a about a new character who's um, toward the end of her cadet training or academy training, um, mm -hmm. going through this this test this you know Kobayashi Maru equivalent 
right. um, and not realizing that she was. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of this? Uh, I liked it. I thought, I mean, I like everything about it. And, um, Pike, steals every scene anson mount is the man always can't, can't heat more pleasure so when, when he's on the screen which is 99 percent of this thing it's it's a good scene he uh, he plays he just plays i mean i've to, to my knowledge i've not seen anson mount do anything else i probably have and just wasn't aware of it um he plays his character so well your heart like, would break if you watch the inhumans like just watch mm. yeah, you'd be like oh <laughs> um oh he doesn't do bad he doesn't do bad he he plays an inhuman the inhuman king who does not speak because one little whisper destroys like a building oh. so black bolt doesn't speak so anson mount who you have a great incredible actor doesn't speak mm. you wonder why inhumans isn't good so yeah uh, yeah anyway but um there's yeah. there's this interaction where she finds out it's a test and has it but she's still kind of baffled and he's mm-hmm. and she's like, why, why are you giving me the t- like? Don't you have more important things or something like that? Your time must be very valuable or something like that. Whatever she yeah. says, and he yeah. just like, you know, he just gives a little expression, like a little smirk or something. Yeah, Not, right. He doesn't even really acknowledge it at all. It's just like, yeah, yeah I mean, no, yeah, sure, I am. But that's what I do. Um, yeah. So, so that being said. I felt that the actors that played in this one felt CW level of acting. And I was oh, yeah? like, well, well, yeah. I mean, I, I really noticed right up front when she's rolling around on the ground from the explosions and stuff. And I'm like, oh, she's doing terrible here. But the director and the cameraman are doing a great job of make, not making me notice. I mean, mm-hmm. I noticed, but because because she was like overacting a lot of stuff. And, you know, but the way they did camera angles and slowed stuff down, I'm like, man, they do a good job of with a bad actor at the time, you know? <laughs> and, and then she got on and her lines were very like, again, CWE, but then she's playing off Anson Mount who just, just takes it and turns in, like you said, does a little twist of the lip and it's great, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I liked it. And evidently you can do things like that. And then you have, then you have Spock and number one come on and it's like, Oh, gleefully happy again. You weren't happy enough that, Pike was doing it. Here's this. So uh, here's some more. Uh, yeah. How do you feel? Oh, this, if this I... actress was in Kim's Convenience. Oh, really? Hmm, I don't know. Just uh, one episode. It? I don't know. So Sorry, how would ahead. you feel if I told you that, of course, the Star Trek writers, directors, showrunners, producers, and actors all want to see an Enterprise spinoff? Um so, but they can't, they don't get to decide that, that they decide that they do get to do whatever these short treks is, whatever they want to do. And they make a pitch this way. Like they make four episodes of, you know, enterprise stuff. It's kind of like their pitch to the studio. How would you feel about that? You think that that's what they could be doing here and not I mean, just for fans? Maybe. I don't know that I, I don't know that I call trouble with Edward a, an enterprise although it did have Anson Mount in it so it did yeah just briefly. I mean it's it's all set right then when it all has in to do era. with the enterprise yeah. it, I mean it all has yeah. to do with the enterprise I don't know I don't know if I I don't know if I buy that it could also just be them not wanting to say anything get any kind of rumor mill fuel 
uh, to what's coming up in season three with uh, oh I don't know I mean Michael Vernon and friends right but the se- but the season um, last season short treks were all about that so that why would they do that then and not do it now hmm. right and I don't know this this is just bl- patently everything about this is enterprise right yeah. there's nothing with discovery here yeah I mean I could see that either that or just you know as pains me to say this but maybe knowing that they're they can't do a full season a full sh- they're not going to get to do right a, an Anson Mount Enterprise spin-off um they're you know getting as much of it as they can into the short tracks that's I true I mean that, that's the other side of it too is that I mean know, obviously I hope I hope that that's true I hope that uh um CBS lets them make uh you know a whole a whole series of this i would watch the hell out of it but right i mean i think i think everybody would the uh not only do you get a, a good spock which we we've you know surprisingly all come to actually like yeah was you not know, third times a charm you would not expect the second one to be good <laughs> let alone the third one um and then now we also get a fantastic pike but we get to actually have you know, number one, who seems to be rock solid in that role and, you know, mm-hmm. a rock star, someone we haven't explored and the whole crew and more. Now we've got another engineer. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to plead more case for that, but um, <laughs> C- CBS only has so many choices and they are doing Picard. So we can't we can't, uh, you know, hold hold them to too many fires. They're, they're do- giving us a lot of good stuff. Yeah. For, for Trek wise at least. Um, so hopefully they'll, they'll feed into that because heaven knows, um, his Disney's leaning into star Wars heavily right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and not, not letting that fall by the wayside. That's a, that's a good, good opportunity to segue into our other topic. Our next topic, which is Disney Plus's uh, Lucas film. John Favreau says, says, the Mandalorian. <laughs> That's the longest lead into the Mandalorian ever. <laughs> <laughs> I halfway through I realized I wanted to I wanted to do that bit put all Well, the John John Favreau, I mean that that's a big thing to say there. I think you know, he's got his name all over it. Mm-hmm. Um but people are talking about the Mandalorian. I mean, it's all everything. I mean, we had a work event tonight with a lot of stuffy old professionals who don't talk about that kind of stuff and they talked about the Mandalorian. <laughs> uh but they should be talking about John Favreau like whatever if you like this show or you should got to realize this man has some credits to him you know and yeah. he's had a lot of a lot of credits in the last 5 years that have been huge successes so to not start talking him at some point in the realm of like a James Cameron or other things like that where he's a successful filmmaker you should right? i'm i'm looking at the lists the list of things that he directed mm-hmm. um he directed elf did you know that yeah yeah uh, Iron Man, Iron Man Two. Uh huh. He but, made he made the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but also uh, Cowboys and Aliens. <laughs> he did that. Okay, that I didn't know. Uh, yeah. The live action Jungle Book and Lion King. And Lion King, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he he directed an episode of The Orville. Oh, interesting. interesting. He's well liked by everyone. That, yeah, know, I mean, he seems that like that kind of guy. I watched his movie Chef. And yep. uh, a handful of episodes of the Chef Show, both of which are I highly recommend. 
Right. And he has one of your most heartfelt lines in all of cinema, right? <laughs> I'll, I'll buy you as many hamburgers as, as you want. Get, get you all the cheeseburgers. All the cheeseburgers you want, yeah. Uh, so anyway, so this show. Uh, I mean, oh, wait, it's not, wait, wait, not going to be so... Yeah, oh, so, you so we're, we're talking about The Mandalorian. It's on Disney Plus's streaming service. It just started this week. And we're going to talk about all aspects of it, including spoilers. So if you haven't seen it yet, skip ahead. So I, I, I don't, it goes without saying that me being a huge Star Wars fan, people know where I stand with this one. So let's, yeah. let's go ahead and go with you and, and, and take your. Okay. This one. Okay. Um, bear me, bear with me on this a little okay. bit. Um, sure. We've established longtime listener of the show will know. Um, I am much more of a, an appreciator or a fan of the Star Trek genre or um, IP than Star mm-hmm. Wars. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not that I have anything against Star Wars. Just in my mind, seems to me like the more... Uh, I'm going to use a bunch of adjectives that I don't mean to be derogatory, but simple, straightforward, um, maybe even adolescent, and I know that that almost always is negative, but just like a simple, straightforward adventure story, which is... There's nothing wrong with that. It just doesn't, you know, resonate with me the same way as it does with another person. Um, so that being said, um, and, and in in an era where we grew up in, you can't avoid Trek versus Wars type thing. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's it, an unfortunate uh, sort of thing. It doesn't help that um, the Star Wars prequels. Um, Phantom Menace, etc. They came out just as I was graduating high school. So I was just going into my early 20s that like what I think of as most people's like most critical, arrogant phase of life. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. And I'm like, this thing, it's just that so much, so much and... hype for such a simple, dumb thing. Obviously, I'm not <laughs> as. Uh, um whatever black and white about things like that as i was when i was younger but just in general if you stack the two things up i'm gonna pick this one i and i i say all of that just to clarify that i don't think they really live in the same space just because they have the word star in front we've talked about that at length the word star and they're sci-fi yeah right and they're sci-fi um but i want to talk about the thing i always say what's my uh uh catchphrase on this podcast moderate expectations moderator manage your expectations right. um both you and our buddy fox uh in in our various chats over the last six months have separately referred to this as a potential next or new firefly okay and it it's frustrating to me because i know that the three of us are not those people that don't like firefly Right, we yeah. have a couple of those those friends that are uh, um, pagans and <laughs> don't understand the the greatness that is Joss Whedon's thirteen right. episode. And I would uh, and I would even go as far as saying that the three of us are the three people that I know in the world personally that I know who like it the most. Those that series, like, yeah. And I mean, we're... Firefly is is the highest between the three of us. No one appreciates it more than the three of us. Right, right. And so so I did a couple of things in my head. Um, first of all, I interpreted that statement as a 
as a replacing statement. Like, this will be the new Firefly. We're never going to get more Firefly. It was what it was. And now we're, there's something new. Um, and that, I don't hold that. <laughs> okay. And so, so that set me up from months ago when we started talking about the Mandalorian to go, uh, that's going to be bad. Like whatever, <laughs> whatever it is, like you, you put so much weight of expectation on it that there's no way it can possibly. And so I watched the first episode and in my head, I was, I was compiling a list, right? I'm like, what are the things that I appreciate about, about Firefly? The like Cowboys in space thing is just set dressing. Like that's not even what it is. It's like, you know, Malcolm Reynolds is this complicated, like neutral lawful neutral or something kind of character who has his code but you know is an outlaw right. to, to be fair he's han solo just i'm gonna i just want to put that in there so, by joss whedon's own right words he, 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 <laughs> he says that right. um and then you've got his relationship with anara and that whole thing with her career and the respect you've got uh jane who's this like completely selfish character but when push comes to shove like still cares about still has a little bit of um you know humanity in him the the you know unusual at the time relationship between zoe and wash um you know my probably favorite character shepherd book the like complicated non not really judgmental religious character mm -hmm. um so there's all that. That's just the characters. And then you've got this frontier world setting. You've got some complicated, like, not a lot of politics, but a little bit of politics and the negotiations with the people um, that they interact with. They get jobs. Um, and and so you've got th those two things are enough for me watching the first episode of this show, Mandalorian, and going... Okay, well, there there are no attractive women in it, so that's a big <laughs> that's a big ding right there. Then it's just this one guy. There's no there's no ensemble cast. There's no complexity to the storytelling. It's just straightforward. He picks up a job. He goes on the path. He rides the thing. He does all the stuff. And I'm like, this is like, it's not a kids show, but it's like like a like a tweens show right and you're throwing a lot I, of shade here <laughs> i am throwing a lot of shade so and, that's and i'm holding it back but <laughs> that's that's sort of where my head was at and i was like i was i was frustrated with with you guys for setting that expectation and then okay. i you know i talked to you about it in chat and then uh one of our friends i think cogswell posted somebody's quote and i don't know what his intention with that was maybe he was trying to throw shade maybe not he's notorious for throwing shade on all the things that mm -hmm. people like right. um but the quote was something like i immediately enjoyed the mandalorian um uh, uh you could get the sense that the creators the showrunners um love this world and wanted to tell a story in it and were not trying to say that the things you like about Star Wars are wrong and you're wrong for liking them. Right. It's something I'm butchering that quote, but 
It was something to that effect. And that was enough for me to sit back and go, okay, as long as I don't try to compare this with Firefly, <laughs> it's, it's, I don't love this expression because it's, it's one that our buddy Fox used uh, in reference to CW's flash, okay. but I think it's really good at what it's trying to be. Okay. And that sounds like a backhanded compliment, but it's really not. So like, no, it, it is only two episodes in, and I think one of the biggest things people are saying about it, negative-wise, is that, that it doesn't know what it is yet. I, mm. I will say that. P- people have said, like, or they don't know what it is yet. And everybody keeps saying, it's only two episodes in. It's only two yeah. episodes in. It's only two episodes in. Uh, see, I think, well, I mean, we'll I mean, see. I, I honestly Again, think that, it, like, it is only two episodes in. I See, I'm thinking, I think of it the other way. Yeah. I think it's it's trying to be a fun adventure space western and it's it's being exactly that um in a, i mean very well i think uh the first time that i heard the or really noticed the music is in the first episode when he finally manages to ride that uh that piranha yeah like what are those things called i don't even know but I, they've been around in the star wars thing for a while. Yeah, yeah they're they're random star wars animals it's right. just like a giant head with feet right um and he rides it and they and they play this music that's like it's not it's not western the way that the opening to firefly is where we're like the the firefly opening is super guitar like, heavy guitar right? heavy country Tuesday, western yeah. This is like, it's like a Western movie. Right. But with just enough, like, future sci-fi kind of feel, even more than, um, uh, sometimes it reminds me of Westworld. Yeah, but of, sure. But, of course, the Westworld music is very, like, uh, um, it's like player piano, like saloon. That's well, there's, there's that, but the, the other music is, is almost menacing. Oh yeah, um, right. which you know just goes into the theme of Westworld, where this is this is much more like, uh, just epic Western, uh, kind of kind of music. So I wanted yeah. to get all of that out of the way. That's part of the reason that I so often say, like, manage your expectations. And every week when we watch one of these movies on the poster, you give a straightforward like, "No, I didn't like this," or "Yeah, I like this." <laughs> Mine is always like a paragraph of of conditions and context because it's just the way that I think like I overthink everything. And so if I'm going to tell somebody to watch something, I want to make sure that they're coming at it the right way and they're not, (laughs) they're not expecting something that they're not going to get or vice versa. Yeah. Now I'm, I'm, you're right. I, I'm a much more, I don't say shoot ride by the seat of my pants kind of type thing, but I, I do. You're right. I do have a tendency to like, not always, overblown my expectations because i think i moderate to somewhat like i thought i moderated with the last jedi but maybe not mm. so much with other things <laughs> um but i i think that um like with this one i can i don't honestly i don't think i got too hyped about this one but because i was really trying not to overhype but i was i was very excited about it and i was very mm-hmm. happy it, it looked good i liked the art direction i liked a lot of the things about it and it was very hopeful um but i i um i i also don't 
if it like if it fails, I'm like, meh. Oh well, it fails. It, mm. You know, I, I didn't didn't like that one. Whatever. Um, although I'll probably talk on a podcast about it for two hours, uh, and and <laughs> then still say you know better than Last Jedi forever. I'm I'm glad that you mentioned Last Jedi because that was the other thing that helped me change my mind is when I realized that by I think I only said this to you, but I was like, why are there no women in this? Like, was John Favreau listening to all the toxic man childs man children who uh, um, were mad about Ray and Finn and Rose? And then I realized I was like, what am I doing? I'm going right. in a weird place in my head. Like, I was not like I don't have any skin. Like, I don't mind if you make a Star Wars with all male characters, and I don't mind if you put female characters in. Like, it's just a story. They're characters, and I'll like them or dislike them on their own regardless of their right that, that's, nationality that's the thing. or or yeah, whatever that, that's the thing and so like so just to just to complete that thought i realized that the the things that i disliked the most or maybe not the most but like some of the things that i especially disliked about last jedi um were the opposite of the things they did here Okay. Like I wanted and I think that Star Wars does best when it's in this fun, adventurous, like maybe a twist, maybe a, you know, bad guy becomes good or good guy goes bad. But that's like the most complicated it gets. Like I don't want to lecture about economics and capitalism and and class structure like and that's let, why people didn't like the prequels. Right, the prequels I mean, and many reasons, but that's one of the biggest things, right? And and same thing with the Last Jedi. I'm like this. Right, that's not what this is. And so once I once I got my head in that place, I was like, yeah, I need to let this be what it is. And what it is, it's it's doing very well. I'll say, well, the second episode felt a little draggy. Not draggy, but. There were stretches of it where I was like, it felt like it was filling time. Well, I told I told Sydney when it was done. She she when it played the credits at the end there, mm-hmm. she she clapped. She was like, "Yay!" And then I and I was like, "Aw." Those were the two exact <laughs> exact same times the two expressions we gave. My aw was that it felt like that's it, it's over. And I like I I wanted the more. Episodes to episodes are are kind of short. That that second one was like thirty eight minutes. Right. It, it, it feels it feels short. And and again, I want to remind everyone listening and myself that I keep saying this is like episode two. This is just it's it's a full eight episode show that is a movie like right. Like the yeah. whole thing is going to be a movie. I or... definitely I definitely get the feeling of what we used to call miniseries or what Netflix calls limited yes. series. Right. Um, it feels like a, you know, six ish hour story that maybe is going to lead into rise of skywalker maybe not it could could who knows right or i I would not have said that before the second episode but now having seen the second episode um yeah well they got i mean the thing too that this this the second episode really you know as i 30 seconds afterwards and then you know i i said what i said and then and then sydney was like oh i really liked it i doubled back on myself and i thought you know what this is every bit it just keeps reinforcing what i think about this show that it is a western Mm -hmm. that um 
every Western that I enjoy has long periods of then walking across on their horses across the desert plains. And that's true. You know, it's they're they're sitting like he's sitting on the was it the little toe thing while the guys the his partner is, you know, on the fish mount, you know, it's just (laughs) slow plotting things mixed with every once in a while like gunfights gunfights right um so i watched the first episode by myself and then i watched it again with all of my family who's Mm -hmm. staying with me which is i and my parents and my two sisters um i've said before the older sister is in her 30s the younger one is 20 Mm -hmm. and so (laughs) the, the nice thing about that it's not completely unintentional but it gives me a wide variety of reactions to things yeah, when we right, all sure. watch something together. Um, yeah. I intended to watch this just with my sisters and my dad. Um, yeah. My mom does not go for any kind of speculative fiction. Like okay. anything that's unrealistic. Sure. Uh, unless it's like last week we talked about romantic comedies. Like <laughs> unrealistic uh, emotional reactions to conversation. Sure. That's about the extent of... You know, if they're like right. weird, unrealistic animals or dragons or spaceships <laughs> or any of the she's not, not not interested in, in any of that. And so I was like, oh, we'll watch it. But with stuff at the house going, you know, the washing machine just broke, whatever. We ended up all watching it together. And I knew that that mom wasn't really going to like it, but she watched it with us anyway. And um, we got to that very last scene with Baby Yoda. Mm-hmm. And uh, and everybody was like, "Oh, what? It's Baby Yoda!" It's baby Yoda. And and my mom was like, "Okay, now I'm interested in this story," <laughs> which <laughs> like which was funny to me. But like the last scene is 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 of the Mandalorian like reaching out his finger and to the little baby as the baby's reaching up to him. And you're like, "That's so great! It was just it, a great little like scene if, to end on." If you're you know on the fence or whatever about any of the rest of the episode, you get to that scene and then it ends. And then they do this, uh, this Western-y theme over these beautiful concept art pieces. Oh, right. Super cool. Um, they do that on the second one too. Like that's so neat. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing. And the other thing I appreciated about watching it again with the group was I got some, some questions and some, some feedback kind of stuff that I had not been, um, you know, really thinking about my older, younger sister, I think is more, is slightly more familiar with star Wars than I am. Okay. Probably because of my star Trek thing. But, um, I had just assumed that this character was Boba Fett. Oh no. Yeah. And you know, I, I looked it up because they're like, they're like, this is when is this taking place? And I'm like, well, they say it's five years after Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, then it's it's not Boba Fett because he's dead. He's I'm dead. Like, right. I'm like, is he dead? He didn't jetpack out of the Sarlacc pit thing. Nope. They're like, no, he he fell in the thing. Yeah. And you know, it's whatever. It's not like movies or TV shows haven't brought characters back from the dead before. Sure, sure. Um, or books. The books have brought him back. So right, like. They brought Spock back. They brought Jaws back. Um, I forget what movie that's from. That's a quote from a movie. Um, 
Yeah, but it was not Boba Fett. It's just that Mandalorians are their race or their right. The the yeah. um, planet. John Favreau is on record saying that it's not Boba Fett. Although the internet people are like, yeah, but they also said Benedict Cumberbatch wasn't Khan. <laughs> um, right. And yeah, I, I get that. Like it's it's a different ship. Um, yeah, and see, especially in the first one, the first one, things I love, and this is playing to, to comment back on your Firefly type thing. Um, first off, in my defense, I want to say, to address <laughs> that, is that, I, I, and I can, we can go back and, and listen, I'm I'm pretty certain I didn't say it, it was like a replacement for Firefly. I think it was like, when I meant new Firefly, it was like a new space western. Like it's right. it's a new a new space western. Yeah, I don't think you said it on the show. Field. You said it in chat, but I liked the sure. way that um, Geek Scholar Chris said it in chat. He said um, it might scratch your Firefly itch. Sure, and I'm like yeah, okay, that's and, a, it's, that's a good reasonable way to put it that that works for me. Like clearly, the way that you said it to me was like this is going to replace that, and I'm like, no, yeah, that's and that, and that's that's not right because I mean that the. the the thing that would replace, I'm using air quotes here, Firefly would be a good ensemble space show. Maybe not mm-hmm. even space show. Maybe just good ensemble Western, maybe. Yeah. That that would be, to me, would could say things like replace Firefly. And honestly, I know I saw Deadwood later. Um, I would have nominated Deadwood as a replacement for Firefly. Mm. Uh, and because it's that's very similar. It's just, a, ensemble just a contemporary co- ensemble Western. Yeah. And, and that's what fire. That's what, like, I guess the soul of what Firefly is. Now, mm. when I say it's the new Firefly, I don't mean it. I just meant like a space Western. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Because before Firefly, there wasn't a whole lot of those and they weren't very good, if any. At least to my memory, seeing that as a space western was like that's. And I know some people will say Star Wars is a space western, but <laughs> but is that uh, that was really unique and super well done, super well done for to make it so blatantly western. And this one is doing this does the same. This does exactly the same. This is a western movie. Favreau can't have done it more blatant and obvious. With oh yeah, every I mean, scene I mean, set. again. Down to the music and the soundtrack. We talked about this when we watched um, Godless. The, yes. The right. what the the um, ingredients are that make up a western, and I I forget I forget now what they are. It's like like a man with a mission and a horse or something like that, <laughs> um, which of course in a space western just means his ship. And so then you see that in Firefly, like the the ship is so important like it's the name of the show like it represents freedom in the same way that a horse represents freedom for a man or a car does in the modern world yeah and and this this here is i think one of the people things that people are are grabbing onto and gravitating for and, and liking and not just like normal casual people who also like it but rabid fans are liking it because um it's doing favreau is doing what we all have been wanting forever. We just want more stories in the Star Wars universe. We don't need to have, you know, like you said, political understandings of why the Empire is the Empire mm-hmm. and why and why uh, the rebels. And we don't have to, we don't have to have, you know, Luke and Leia again. I mean, we want them again, but we don't have. That's not the core of what we want. We want a good story in the Star Wars universe. And the things that fans have. Like we have don't said they loved, even, even though we enjoy it every time, 
we don't need to see the same um, narrative of A New Hope again. We don't yeah, need it exactly. a fourth time. We we enjoyed it, and and I'm glad that JJ did episode seven like he did. That's mm-hmm. fine. After fine. he needed a big band aid for one, two, and three, of course. <laughs> so good, good on him. Um, but we have been saying for decades and decades as Star Wars people that like, look, we love the Thrawn tri- trilogy. We love you know these books. We love the extended universe. We love um you know, the rebels, the clone wars shows like these are stories that don't have to do with Luke Skywalker or this or that or whatever, you know, they have to do with the, the force is a kind of a big thing or, you know, small stories. Um, uh, and, and that's what, that's what this is too. When you, when you walk in, he walks in the first episode with Werner Herzog and you see those four stormtroopers. They don't even say anything more about it, but that's cool. Right? Like they're beat up, dirty, stormtroopers out of work stormtroopers mall cop right stormtroopers it's like there's a whole story there but we don't know it and we probably won't expand upon it but it just makes it like the world it makes it part of the world what's happening all right so we've we've established that that you're the more uh um greater star wars fan of the two of us um (laughs) let me let me first ask an open-ended and see if you have any thoughts or insights on this sure are there things that you noticed that you can distinguish in your mind um, as being outside of um, the main movie series um, that that were significant or um, noteworthy in these first two uh, episodes? Actually, I'd say no. I mean, I I may be I may I mean because I I. I know that when I watched Solo, there was several things riddled here and there and, mm-hmm. and that were interesting and cool and, you know, those little Easter egg moments. But th- there was th- the cool thing about this one is that I we watched it the first one with a, a bunch of my friends or our friends. We all watched it together and um, it, it felt like everyone was on equal ground. It's just a new story with new stuff. And the Easter eggs are that I I recognize the races like the dude that does the he calls the taxi. And he's got the little nose type thing that goes down plays a whistle like oh he's in other star wars things right or the the nick nolte character he's that race is another thing besides that no there's there's no story elements that tie in anywhere there's nothing about anything it's just its own thing and one of the things that made made um that last scene in the first episode so interesting was that it was yoda never once has anyone ever seen any other yoda oh sorry there's a yeetle i think but Yedelite? Uh, yeah, I think her name's Yedel. I think is what it is. It's, it's there's a female Yoda, and she's dead too. I think. Um, okay. I w- we, I wasn't we, sure about that. If there's anywhere in any of the other uh, uh, source materials, no, I, I, I seen think another of that race. I, I think he says he's the last one in one of the movies. Okay. Uh, so so, but anyway, that that's it. That's the only thing. And and everyone, I think everyone recognizes that they haven't. No one in any of the movies ever have you seen another Yoda. Right. I mean, the the Yedel characters and some other odd little thing off the side. Um, But no, yeah, not even in passing shots. Yoda is the only Yoda and he's instantly recognizable. So that that's the only other one. So it's kind of cool, though, that this is this stands on its own. It's a Star Wars story that's not connected to anything. You notice that uh, there is no Star Wars crawl. Right. There was no bomb or whatever. No, no setup. You open the scene and one of. 
one of my family said that when we watched the first episode they're like did you start it at the beginning yeah because you're it's in media res like you're thrown right in um to that bar negotiation scene yeah, and and the, they do they they do the that cool uh, helmet thing. I I kind of like that. The yeah, that was a cool when uh, she's making the pauldron. The oh shoulder, no no, I'm talking about the uh, the the entrance to the show has like they're doing a light circling around several helmets. Oh, kind of yeah. seems like it's oh, like their Star Wars entrance. Yeah, I saw that. I didn't I didn't notice that it was all helmets. Yeah, it's all like helmets and faces of the diff- masks of the different um, yeah that's things. So so it's kind of cool to that they have. They, it seems to be that's their. I think that's their Star the Disney Plus is Star Wars Star Wars intro brand thing. So anyway, the, uh, Mandalorian's cool. I think I, I like that. There's two. It is since I now feel that it's going to be a long western type thing. I feel that we're going to get eight episodes and everyone's still going to be rabid for more, <laughs> um, which is well, cool. It's going to wrap Disney, up right before uh, or. The the second to last episode will be before opening weekend, and the last episode will be the following weekend. I mean, you you think Red they plan that, right? You know, for for sure, uh, yeah. as if they're not going to get enough people for that episode, that movie. But the right. um, so yeah, they they have that, and I was telling Sydney too because she said that too. She's like, oh, it's going to be done before you know Christmas and everything. What what are they going to do then? I was like, well, then they come back from Christmas break and they're going to start showing Marvel things. Like they're going to put mm. you'll you'll have. Uh, like Falcon and Winter Soldier or WandaVision or Black Widow or, you know, Disney's got things that are going to be rolling out, you know, in tandem as one ends, another one begins. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they'll, they'll just switch it that way with their original series. Um, hey, so that's good. Let's, Let's move on a little b- bit. Before we, before we transition, I do want to put yep. a post spoilers thing. If you oh, have okay. not seen it and didn't just listen to us spoil the first two episodes, um, the the grouchy Star Trek fan over here enjoyed it <laughs> and says it's fun and worth watching if you like Star Wars or Westerns or Space Westerns. It's yeah. good. Yeah, it's it's good. It's a good start. It's a good story in a Star Wars universe. Yep. Um, but real quick, something I just want to make a comment about Disney Plus here. This is a five minute comment um, okay. is that uh, I, I read this article and I thought it was really interesting. I didn't never put two point two two and two together yet all the um disney plus shows when you go to them it has it's like watching your plex it has all the the extras to it it's got all mm. the deleted scenes it's got all the behind the scenes stuff it's got the director's commentary it's oh, got it's, every it's all that dvd stuff that you don't get on netflix yeah or, exactly or like Amazon. no other streaming service has that but because disney owns every single thing they play on their platform which just just say that for a minute and and (laughs) soak that in that like you're as big and has a have a catalog as big as netflix yet they own every single one sure uh that they can that they can do that they can put every blu-ray like there's no if you pay ten dollars a month for them there's almost no reason to buy their movies because you have that now netflix can't do that right and right if they get, let's say, uh, I mean, they the can Jedi, with originals. They, they did in yes. making of stuff for uh, um, Crystal, Dark Crystal. Oh, did they? Okay, Stranger okay. Things, and oh, I didn't for know their that. originals. They can do, you know, featurettes and whatnot. But right, so it's kind of cool that that Disney comes, Disney Plus comes loaded. That's something that it's a feature that nobody else really kind of has. I know um, that I have not. I know that not everything is on there. 
but mm. I have not yeah. gone looking for something uh, and not been able to find it. I've I've had a, I've hit a couple. Okay. Um, I, I've I've hit a couple, and it's because they're the ones that uh, I haven't actually bought. I I everybody knows I buy a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a, one of those guys that if you like a thing, pay for it. If you don't like a thing, then don't pay for it. It's totally cool. Sure. Um, so I will buy, um, Disney, and they're stupid. They're always full price. They're never, they never come down. <laughs> so you can buy, uh, I, I, like I haven't bought, um, Wreck-It Ralph and mm. I still want to buy that. But if I go buy it now, it's still $24. Oh. You know, it's just like, it can't, but anything else will go down to $5. Anyway, complain right. over. Um, I wanted to watch, um, since a lot of the shows on there that I don't own, I think I'll go back. I wanted to go see Tars, watch Tarzan. Because the Phil Collins soundtrack was something I wanted to listen right, to. Right. Uh, my girlfriend hadn't seen Maleficent, the first one. Mm. She wanted to see it. And, th- and those weren't on there. Hmm. Um, hey, they, they did have... Uh, we watched um, Lady and the Tramp. They got the live action that one. That new I one. Did not re- I've, I did I've not seen it on there. Nobody on. has... My, none of my family have wanted to watch it. Yeah, so. exactly. It, it, it's funny. Um, I didn't realize that that was a only on Disney Plus thing. I thought it was going to come out in the theaters. Oh, um, I didn't know that either. That explains why it's available yeah. already. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um actually I I'm a big I'm a firm believer that all of their live action remakes should come to that platform instead of the big screen. Hmm. Um I mean, they're it's we they have a weird reception on the big screen, but they're it seems they like do. they should have, have Some of those home. are kind of spectacles though, and you really want the high yeah. fidelity being picture, like Lion King being one of those. Picture and sound Lion King or Jungle Book. Right. Um, the, the, but the Lady and the Tramp, let me tell you, it was weird. It was weird. Um, okay. It was weird because it's one thing when you watch cartoon dogs fall in love and then you watch dogs that are like photorealistic or actually I mean, that's, real dogs. You're it's like, the same It's the same problem with Lion King. It's the same problem with Jungle Book, though worse because there are people in it. Um, yeah. You just can't. Like you make people the, in this one too. You make the animals realistic, and now, like you've lost, you can't do the same level of um, anthropomorphizing as you yeah. can in animation. Yeah, it's it was or two D. That, that made it say. that made it weird, and I was like, yeah, they're doing a, a a sweet love song, and they're eating spaghetti together. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to see dogs kiss. I don't, <laughs> don't want to see that. And I'm like, it's weird. Yeah, um, that sounds unsettling. It was unsettling the whole time. And then when they're like, he's like flirting with her and stuff. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to see this. There's no reason for this. And then it's supposed to be a kid's show. I, I just don't understand that. Um, so, and then after about halfway through it, it goes, it's, it follows the general story of the cartoon. And then about ha- like the cartoon halfway through, they kick into the very kid, like save people from the pound type thing. Um, mm-hmm and story of it and it's like a kid show again so yeah it's just it belongs on streaming and not on the big screen so that was a good place gotcha. for it. Gotcha. i don't even know who would watch it maybe eight-year-olds maybe? <laughs> my maybe? my sisters and i went through and pulled up some old uh cartoons or series oh, yeah. that we watched um when we for were sure kids or teenagers um we watched the first episode of uh, Boy Meets World. Oh, that's on there? Have, which, I'm always surprised at how many things are on there. Which is pretty good. Um, it's got that heavy 90s um, yeah. studio audience laughing and, and applauding. And the like strong musical thing before and after every commercial break, which is awkward when there are no commercials. Right. Um, 
but the writing is very like um the main character Corey is 10 no it's gotta be older than that it's like 13 or 14 12 right? he's somewhere in that in that range he is like middle schooler right yeah he's sixth grade oh makes so him maybe like he is. 10 or 11 10 or 11 yeah yeah um uh the girl topanga is not in it at the beginning mm-hmm. um and it's just a lot of him interacting with the principal and so the writing is more what i call parent writing if you're talking about a show that is aimed more toward kids they have that yeah. blend of like yeah. parent jokes and kid jokes yep yep um and so that was that was funny to see uh we watched an episode of darkwing duck I don't know if, <laughs> cool. if, yep, if yep. that was one of yours. You're... I didn't get to watch a lot of Darkwing Duck, actually. Yeah. I, it's... I, I saw him like an episode or two. but We we talked about this in the group chat, but um, we never had cable. It's probably, mm-hmm. I imagine, the same for you. Yep. Um, and so the only time I really got to see a lot of cartoons is when I went and stayed with my grandparents. Yeah. Because they had cable. And they sometimes had Disney Channel when it was on its, like, free trial month or whatever. Yep. They would do that. And so more of the stuff that I remember is from Nickelodeon. Oh, sure. You're right. Yeah. Or the stuff that was on the networks or grandma and grandpa had on VHS, like Looney Tunes stuff, which is, you know, well before my time, but is, was, was more, I don't want to say timeless because it's a lot of it is very clearly set in that like forties, fifties uh, era, but the music is classical music. So it's not like we watched the intro to Darkwing Duck and I'm like, Oh man, this is that early nineties hip hop kind of (laughs) music. I'm like, this sounds awful. Right. Sydney watched uh, Steamboat Willie, like the first she put it on. Oh, yeah, yeah. That like eight minute Steamboat Willie thing, which is cool. We actually watched, um, she really liked the uh, the Imagineers thing. There's one, something like, uh, Mm. it's it's about, we haven't seen that. I did watch that first episode of the um, Jeff Goldblum show. I didn't see that. Is that good? He's weird for me sometimes. Yeah. He's very, he's Goldblooming. Is he Goldblooming the whole thing? Okay. Pretty yeah. much, it seems to be just the way that he is. <laughs> just he, his normal. He thing, might yeah. be leaning into it a little bit, but uh, yeah. So we watched the Imagineers. We watched uh, the um, what's the one with the Pixar in real life? We watched mm. that one and mm-hmm. the Forky. Forky was pretty pretty good. Um, Forky asks a question. Have you seen that? No. Oh, it's. Good. I don't know if you watched Toy Story Four, which is if you you did you watched yeah, Toy Story Four. We talked 4. about it on the show. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so they've got. They're doing a weekly series of Forky asks a question. It's like eight minutes, and and this week's was Forky asks what is money, and he asks Ham, what what money is? Who's a piggy bank? Um, so it's that, it's that feels good. a little on the nose for Disney. It's it's pretty good. Um, <laughs> so watch watch that. Um, I'm trying to see if we watch any other Disney Plus things. So you know, random random shows. We it's great because you can just turn them on. But the the old Disney cartoons, like you're saying, Darkwing Duck, have been. The, the funnest what putting on chip and dale's rescue rangers and ducktales we watched we did watch several episodes of ducktales actually that's funny um my girlfriend and her daughter were over saturday night and we shoot they were over here all night and i they were the girls are they go downstairs and 
and play in the game room and, and stuff. And uh, we did like family night in that in my downstairs. We have the big um, table mm-hmm. and we we're all playing games uh, like Apples to Apples Jr. and whatnot. Sure. And I had on on my four big TVs, I had all Disney Plus playing on, <laughs> on, on there. And they were playing like all the classic things like Sleeping you're, Beauty. You're right at the limit because they they max out at four devices simultaneously. No, they don't. They, they max out at 10. Are you Disney, sure? Yeah, Disney Plus is doing 10. That's crazy talk. That that is crazy talk. And and it by the way, it handled it perfectly. Like the on it, I'm using Fire TVs, so it was ran those apps super smooth. I was like, "Wow, that's pretty amazing for He's teasing uh, you, honey. Nobody has two television sets. <laughs> two television sets. Uh so yeah, that we watched uh had those on with all like i think it was like lion king beauty and the beast a little mermaid and, mm-hmm. and things like that were uh and that that's you know for all the stuff we've talked about the, the longevity of this uh network is going to be on those like those kids are going to be watching those shows parents will have it running all the time in the background you know yeah uh, i forgot how uh i forgot how much dad humor is in darkwing duck oh in I most mean, of those things like he's a he's a dad ish character mm-hmm. and there's just like he's constantly making puns or doing alliteration for no reason he's monologuing um right it's, it's pretty great yeah it, it's good right, and one you know one show i never watched that everyone that i thought looked really cool and never got to and everyone now is watching it again is um uh gargoyles that's that's mm. one that a lot of people liked and they're like i'm watching the crud out of that and it's evidently it is that up. um like Hunchback of Notre Dame gargoyles? Oh no, I'm, I'm not, no! It's it's just like a it was like a cartoon series, kind of like X Men or whatever. But okay, they're, they're the, gargoyles. Yeah, then it's then it's guys. a different one. I'm I'm thinking of. Um, yeah, I remember. It, I good. also remember that one. It's not it's not one that I watched. Rather, I don't remember if that was something that just didn't interest me, or if it was a we're not going to put this on because. Mm. mom probably oh, yeah. won't it's, like it it, um, it looks like, it looks like uh like demon monsters is what they, you know they're they're gargoyles right i so. i i also remember there being a hunchback of notre dame series unless i'm oh, dreaming there? that up there, there, there might have been there's a lot of interaction with the gargoyles because they're characters in the movie I, i'll i'll leave this with the, the disney plus conversation is that i i saw okay. i can't remember if it's in our chat channel or not but i saw a meme posted and it had like uh, at the top was a picture of like a 1980s living room with a kid in a onesie pajama sitting with, with a ser- Captain Crunch cereal in front of the television watching, you know, cart Saturday morning cartoons. And at the bottom, it had a picture and it said uh, Disney Plus goes live today. And it had a picture of a grown like 35 year old man sitting in a onesie in a in his living room <laughs> eating Captain Crunch, you know, taking the day off watching Disney Plus as he's watching uh, his cartoons. It's funny. So that that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh so moving right along, have you played any uh did you, hey, did you get to play uh we got a little bit of time here. I didn't get to ask you last week. Did you get to ever get to play uh moving to video games? Yeah. Uh, the new Hearthstone Battlegrounds mode? Uh yeah, I played it a little bit uh that first Tuesday that it became available for virtual ticket purchasers Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and then after you played it and we talked about it i played a couple more games i did Um, played a couple more games too about four or five my my immediate reaction after the second time playing was pretty negative 
but that's only because I've played five games and my games went the first first two were the first time I played and then three the second time. My games went eighth place, seventh place, uh sixth place, a game that I lagged out on and by the time I got back in it was three rounds in and I hadn't bought any cards, so mm, yeah. I ended up conceding around you know like round 10 or something because sure there was no way i was coming back and then in my last game got fourth place so if i really think about it logically rationally <laughs> i did better each time so you i did. was figuring it out yeah um but i don't know i it, it's just a a thing in my brain with with failure and and defeat like if i play a board game in person with eight people and I come in fourth place, I'm probably fine. Like I probably had a good time hanging out. Sure. Uh, in a video game over the internet with strangers, man, I, I hate to have given that many people the satisfaction of beating me. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, like it I... just, it just, um, soils, soils, spoils the whole experience for me. See, I I don't look at those as people. Like I feel as mm. they're just as like their computers playing against me as if I was playing an eight player computer thing. That's why I actually like it. And it's why I stopped playing Clash Royale because mm. then there was a, they put in those stupid the emote emotes. Mm. And all of a sudden I realized I'm playing humans and I had that exact feeling you're talking about. It's like, I just gave some, terrible horrible human being who i couldn't stand the satisfaction of beating me um and this game doesn't have that so i i feel like computers are just beating me especially when i get trounced by somebody who is like a 40 40 you know creature and i'm like what surely it's the computer cheating you know yeah uh, i can You're like that. what did you what did you do um right. well the first you, time i i, I want to talk about go ahead I said the first time I got third place, and I thought eh, it's okay. It's pretty. It's pretty interesting. I, I got a lot to learn. Have you played then, a lot of Hearthstone? Um, uh, probably not as much as you, even. But I've I've played enough. Okay, let's put that. Uh, I I bought a pack. I bought the pack, the next Remus pack, and I've played through that I, at least that much. I made several decks, and but um, you've played you played a lot of Magic back in the day. Oh yeah, sure. I played I played a lot of TCGs. Yeah. Yes, um, you you definitely have more experience than I do. With sure. that, with those genres, that probably helps. Even though the details are different, like you have some of the high level concepts. Yeah, yeah. And 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 the thing I liked about this is that it's it's keeps low on those high level concepts because everything mm -hmm. happens so quickly. Like, but but yes, definitely. Like I know taunt, and I and I by just native understanding what a tank thing does right yeah. and i and i know natively attack and d defense without having to have even think about that in my my decision making process right i understand right. that bit uh but no i sorry i hit so i had third and then the second time i played i picked a character called um afk her name was a dot f dot k okay um and and i didn't look at powers i'm just like oh that's a hilarious name i'm gonna pick that character and her power was that, like, for the first two rounds, you can't buy anything. And then the third round, you get, a, like, a tier four or five character. And mm. and I was like, okay. Um, and I couldn't do anything for two rounds. And so I got beat up on, which is kind of how it works. Yeah. And then by the third round, I had one decent character. That's it. Because you didn't get it for free either. You just got, you had to buy it. 
So I got one decent character and everybody else had like their team started rolling yeah, by that point. Yeah. And they had their taverns built up, you know, to right. the second tier. And I'm like, I'm way under the gun by missing to not buying something two or three. You can't go mm-hmm. without two rounds. So I got eighth place and just got <laughs> smashed. Yeah. Um, and then the rest of them, I went in and I came like sixth. And I think I, I said I maybe played about five games. The highest I, I landed was fourth as well. Um, but I never, no, maybe fifth. I don't think I even got above half. Okay. Um, so it didn't do great. I still felt positive about it. One, the one that I ended fourth, I had a really good team and I felt like, oh, I did what I'm supposed to do. And, and I, I'm starting to get the hang of it. And I lost because somebody did their thing better than me. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I knew like that guy, oh, he's played, he's played a, a mech deck since the beginning and he, that was his strat and it's awesome. Right. I just it's, knew that there was nothing. There there are some interesting things about it. I didn't realize until I listed them all off in our group chat how many mechanics from Underlords or what I think of as most uh auto battlers mm-hmm. um have. Like yeah. the the field is in one dimension, right? It's one yep. row of cards. So yep. the positioning is just in that line. There's yep. not two dimensional positioning. Um, you're capped out at seven, which is fairly significant in this game mode. It is. Um, the the monsters, the cards always cost the same. They always cost three. The price of the tavern update upgrade seems to fluctuate, and I've not figured out. Oh, that, how or that's why. easy. That took me a minute to figure out too. It's that let's. It starts at a high number, whatever that might be, and then every round you don't upgrade, it goes down by one. Oh, it gets cheaper. I see. Yeah. Um. So there's that. There's no, um, it's just like the mana in normal Hearthstone. It doesn't carry over from one round to the next. So there's no economy interest. I like uh, that a lot. Hoarding mechanic. Yeah. That makes um, me feel good about fairness. Like, sure. I mean, it doesn't feel like a snowball. There's no there's, snowballing. There's only one um, categorization for cards, right? Mm-hmm. Like where in. Um, in Underlords, there'll be like a goblin mage, and you pair them up with an elf mage, and then you get yeah. an elf warrior, but they don't synergize with the goblin mage. Yeah, right. Um, the Hearthstone cards are all, they're either neutral, or they're one kind of, uh, I guess they call them tribe, like, yeah, mech, like murloc. beast, murloc. Mech, yeah, uh, which, which that made it way easier on me as a guy who doesn't play hearthstone and i don't recognize the cards by view right. like that that was something that's was i felt was a little bit off-putting and but i knew that after i played the game more and more I, it would be less and less but like i was having to hold my finger on every card because i didn't know what it was right <laughs> and then the timer was, yeah. comes and i'm i'm nervous about what what should i be doing here you, you run out the timer you get some like the art gives you a little bit of an indication, but not always. Not always, um, right? And I was playing yeah, on the iPad, so, so it was pretty big enough, you know. But. Yeah, you get a lot of that. Um, what we've come to associate with Blizzard um, uh, of, of making a game accessible, right? Yeah. A low barrier to entry or beginner yeah. friendly, like whatever buzzword. And th- this expression this you is definitely use. a beginner friendly for the that genre, right? Yeah, the auto battler. Yeah. Um, um, which I think it works well. I mean, it, the, it, combat was just over. Like it just did itself. I don't even care. Right. I love <laughs> that. I love that. Sure. And it has the thing that you described earlier with the, 
the hero, which is your hero you're playing, like in traditional mm-hmm. Hearthstone, it's your mage or it's your class that informs what power you have. But you don't have the whole list. You get a choice between two. Um, or just three like, if you've won, got enough wins. Oh, okay. I, I didn't win enough to get that up. So yeah, I think it's that, like 10 or something. I think that might be one of the things that you can unlock after the beta by ah. buying packs of a thing, which is sure. a little bit lame, but it's fine. Yeah, it, it um, unlocks on its own. It's not that big a deal. You you get the choice between a couple of those, and they inform what you do. I played one one game oh, totally. that gives you, for a certain faction or tribe, if you buy one of those, a card of that type, it gets plus one, plus one. Plus one attack, plus one defense. Was, was that the Murloc deck? Uh, no, because um, I don't remember what it was. Because it changed every time. So one round I had a bonus to mechs. The next round I had a bonus to demons. Oh. Then And I was like, oh, I don't love that. But whatever yeah. my other option was, I liked even less. So I was like, well, right. I'll try this one. And so I ended up, instead of trying to do like full mechs or full murlocs, I'd do like, okay, here's two mechs and here's two Mer- and get, oh so you, you know, always had the bonus kind of try to diverse, diversify and then i mostly just focused on whatever kind of i think the best game i had was mostly beasts okay. and i did whatever minions would summon more minions usually on a death rattle death rattles yeah which just made my chances of having units on the board at the end higher which seems to be a pretty solid win strategy unless you get like one or two really massive, like you said, 40 health things yeah. that, just, that just won't die and you have to keep slamming everything against it. And then just wrecks. Yeah, the, they don't the, uh... they don't do huge damage, but the the death rattle summoning strategy gives you like, OK, not only have you wiped him out, but you've still got five units on the board. So and you're doing keep going. big damage. Yeah, the. Uh... What I, I remember, I was in my fourth game after the mirror, and I was like, "Okay, I'm. I, I kind of understand the cards here, or I understand what kind of available options or a strategy I can start to formulate, like type mm-hmm. by types, right?" And I said, "I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go ahead and do a Murloc strategy. That seems like pretty easy to do. Like, there's Murloc cards by the Murloc cards, right? Mm-hmm. And, and they're mm-hmm. all. They all seem to be Death Rattle stuff. So I'm like, okay, okay, cool. Or give plus to Murlocs. If it says Murlocs." I'm buying it, right? Right. And I did, and um, I didn't do so well. I got smashed pretty, pretty hard. And like I said, I ended up like sixth or seventh place. And and I bought every card that I could and put every Murloc thing in it. And it was doing what it was supposed to do, but it just it just didn't work. Like again, I came up against twenty four or thirty things. And I was like, yeah, well, it's just great like my one ones, but just like other games in this genre, the the pool of cards is shared. Yeah, And some of those strategies feel like, like the beast strategy, there's a card, I forget what it's called, but it, the picture is a beaver on a dam, um, where he gets plus one, plus one if another beast dies. And so you fill your board with beasts and put him on the far right, and then as they attack and die, he gets stronger and stronger until he can just wipe out whatever I whatever is on the map. I, had, I, I saw that. I feel like certain strategies have one or two, like... Not maybe not legendary, but like key cards to make I that agree. strategy work. I agree. And so somebody who's really savvy 
paying attention can go, oh, this guy's collecting murlocs. So if I, you know, if I see old Murkai or whatever pop up, I can buy it. Maybe just hold it in my hand just to deny. Yeah, uh, yeah that that's not bad. I, I, the, I was done with murlocs to finish that. I was done with murlocs. And then I played another game. And the next game was like a murloc hero that, mm. that like was for two causes all your murlocs to have death rattle uh, activate twice. And I'm like, oh. I'm like, well, I guess I got to play another murloc, <laughs> uh, which, which I did. And it was much more successful because sure, I had the course. hero that, that worked with it. So yeah, I, that made me think like, Oh, these heroes, there are definitely haves and have nots in the heroes that, that especially since I played that AFK or, um, and I did play yeah, it. it inf- n- like I said, it informs your strategy. Yeah. When I went to speak to your, like there's a key card or whatnot, I played uh, the last one I did and I finished in, man, it, it had to have been fourth. I think I did. Okay. Fourth place, uh, was, um, a, a demon one. And I was like, I'm just, I'm just going to lose quickly, you know, to be done real quick and just play. Uh, cause I didn't, I played Murlocs twice. And I was tired of it. Um, so I picked a, let's try this, like, what's it called? Self-immolate type of de- deck where oh, you like do damage demon. to yourself yeah. and, and you, you know, we'll see how that goes. That may, either help me win big or die fast. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, and I think I got the key card that I needed to get because it looks terrible at the beginning, but he's, uh, like every time a demon is summoned, he does two points of damage to the player and he gets a plus one plus one. And I'm like, yeah. that sounds terrible. Um, and, and then, and then the demons had death rattles on them. So they would die and they'd summon a one, one demon and he'd be doing damage to you the whole time. Mm. Uh, but he's a level one card. You easily upgrade him to when he gets upgraded, he has, he only does one damage to you. And if he's, you do this death rattle thing, he got, he's, he got up to like 35, 35 Mm. really quickly. And it was just, I had two of them. I'm like, he's just wrecking people. Yeah. Uh, so it, you know, it was not a big deal and everyone was destroyed before I could, you know, do it. But uh, so anyway, it's there's some strats there that I once I don't have to stare at the cards and figure the cards sure. out, I would probably get better. At, and I do like the game enough to keep playing it. I would like to play it with friends more than just random people. Um, But it depends if that ever happens. Yeah, know. I don't I I have a I have a sense that I would. Uh, um, I would dislike more losing to real people. Really? Than, okay. than lo- I mean, it's it's a little bit of like what you said. You think about them as not people. When yeah. Not, uh, but I know. I know when we've played like the auto battlers with with our friends on a, on a Sunday, we've I we get some people who uh, are good people and they're in Discord with us and they do that like consoling you type thing in a good way not a patronizing way it's like yeah you know i had a guy like archer like that too and i see yeah they wasn't as good you know what i mean it's kind of one of those zon's real good about it you know it's talk, a, it's a tricky thing about this genre of game that you make a lot of choices but there's so much randomness right like and and so you're it, it's sort of a uh one of the nice things about um blizzard making this version of it simpler or more accessible i mean it's definitely simpler um is that you you can see through to the randomness easier and go yeah well i tried for a murloc strategy but i didn't get the one or two really powerful murloc cards so oh well and and the game's over quickly like the games don't last long i mean the other ones take a while right 
they're fun, but they take a while. This one, this mm-hmm. one goes pretty quickly. And so, so you can accept the fact that there's randomness because the game's over in a relatively short amount of right. time, uh, which, right. which is good. The, uh, I, I also enjoy, it's, it's a lot easier for me to not get so riled up when I realize I don't have to make decisions on combat. Like it's just, <laughs> you know, I, I, then it just feels completely random to me and I'm, I'm somehow I'm happy with that. I don't know why, but I, I, I bought my card I, I did like two choices. It's all I really can do. And then just push go and then let it happen, which is, it's weird how it just takes the responsibility out of me and I don't have to worry about that. But mm-hmm. yeah. So anyway, yeah, I, I think it's a cool game mode. I, it's keep, it made it come back out on my front row of my uh, iPad and it'll probably stay <laughs> there for a while. I, I'll definitely play it again. I, it's still not short enough where I can sit down in the restroom and play it, but no. So we are obviously not going to get to Sam, Seven Samurai this week. Um, mm-hmm. We'll talk about that next week. And then we're also watching No Country for Old Men. Right. It's a big Super. Uh, big, big, big movie watching week this week. Positive, uplifting kind of stories <laughs> this week. Okay. That's good. Good. Yeah, we're good. All the lives are All saved. Right. You've been listening to The Front Porch. This is episode 117. Thanks as always to our friends at Geek Scholars Movie News and LRM Online. If you like Star Trek role-playing or Star Trek role-playing, you can check out our other show, KlingonsDragons.com. It's not safe for work. If you have questions or comments on the show, you can email us, frontporchpod at gmail.com. Tell us everything we're wrong about, everything I'm wrong about with Star Wars. (laughs) Um, You can do that. There's also contact forms and so forth on the website, frontporchpodcast.com. Also show notes where relevant if you enjoy the show you could subscribe on apple Podcasts, spotify wherever podcasts are found thanks as always for listening and until next time i'm dennis and i'm michael for front porch hi guys see you next time